Blog Talk Radio.
Until the whole world knows, until the whole world knows, the gospel is good news, the anointing breaks the yoke, until the whole world knows, until the
here, God, because your promise has been fulfilled in us. We're here, God, because when we seek you, we find you. God, when we ask, we receive. When we knock on the door, you answer it. Your word is alive. Your word is alive today. It is truth. It is everything.
All right, well, welcome back to another edition of Prayer International Radio. As usual, we're just worshiping and praising God, you know. A lot of people wonder why we spend so much time praising God, playing songs, playing music, focusing on worship when we could be, I guess, doing more talk radio. But the whole reason we're doing this is really for God. It's not to stroke Sean's ego or my ego or build some giant ministry or anything like that. But the reason we're doing this is we wanted to take a couple hours out of our day to spend time with God, to create a place on Blog Talk Radio where we focused on God, focused on the presence of God, focused on the worship of God, focused on the Word of God. And you know, there's a lot of radio shows that have preaching and a lot of radio shows where people declare the word. But you know, sometimes you have to wonder what their motive is or or why are they doing it or what is the fruit of what they're doing. And I'm sure there's a lot of fruitful, um, good motive ministries out there that are doing pure works for the Lord and, and we just pray you know, for those ministries as well. And, of course, the people that get onto the radio show with us and get into the chat room, and those of you that have your own talk radio shows, we lift you up in prayer because we want to see the Word of God go forth in a powerful way. That's what we're doing. We're trying to create a prayer ministry where we can pray for people, lift people up, encourage them when they're down, focus them and refocus them on the things of God, when life and all the ministry and all the pouring out and all the things that they do seem to zap the life right out of you. You know, sometimes ministry can be a very draining thing when you've got people pulling on you emotionally and and pouring all their issues, circumstances, and problems at you. You know, sometimes it can weigh you down. But we know that if we pray for people, if we lift them up, if we create a place where they can come get filled up with the presence of God and get filled up with the glory and the, and the just the goodness of God. It can help motivate and inspire and encourage people to go forward in their assignment and go forward in the things that God's called them to do. You know, the other night I talked a little bit about leadership. I talked about influence and how God has called all of us to be leaders wherever we're at, not just the fivefold, not just the pastors and the the prophets, evangelists, teachers, but he's called every person that is a son or daughter of the Most High God. It doesn't matter if you uh, are a trash man or if you're a doctor or if you're a minister or if you're a businessman, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, God's called you to serve. God's called you to motivate. God's called you to be an influence and be a voice for his gospel, for his kingdom, to introduce people to Christ. You know, Jesus himself in Matthew 28 said, Go, therefore, into all the the world, making disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And lo, I'm with you always, even until the end of the earth. And he sent forth his disciples, he sent forth his ministers. Now, what qualifies? these guys as as ministers? Was it because they went to four years of Bible college? Was it because they read all the latest books on this or that? No. 
will qualify them for ministry is that they've been with Jesus. These were fishermen. These were tax collectors. These were prostitutes. These were people that were kicked out and, and the scourge of the earth according to the religious world of their time. But Christ took them under his wing, took them into his fold. He was their shepherd, and he taught them how to live. He taught them a way of life that was pleasing and glorifying to God. He demonstrated the kingdom of God in such a way so that other people could model this kingdom in the earth. And he didn't stop there. When he went away, he said, look, I'm going to the Father, I'm going to heaven, but I'm going to send the Holy Spirit, and he'll be in you, he'll be with you, he'll demonstrate my kingdom through you, he'll cause you to hear the voice of God, he'll cause you to follow my ways. I'll write my word on your hearts and on your minds. I'll put my laws in your heart and in your mind. And I'll let the fruit of the Spirit, the character of God, be birthed and produced inside of you by my Holy Spirit. And so as his people, as his believers, as his children, God's calling us to bear fruit, the fruit of the Spirit. You know, every tree bears fruit, whether it's a good tree or a bad tree. But if you're abiding in the vine, if you're abiding in Jesus, if you're abiding in the things of God, then the produce that comes out of your life will be pleasing and acceptable to God. Now, does this mean that you're always going to be perfect? Does it mean you're never going to make mistakes? You're never going to miss it, mess up, or or blow it? Of course not. We're human. But what it means is that God says he will take our heart of flesh and our heart of stone, and he'll cause us to have a heart soft heart, causes us to have a heart towards him. And as we soften our heart, we allow God to soften our heart, we develop a an ability, rather, we develop a way of hearing from the Spirit of God, a way of tapping into and pressing into the things of God where God can lead us and guide us on a daily basis. You know, you can only share and impart into somebody's life something that you are or something that you know. You know, if I was to tell you about somebody, unless I actually knew that person and I knew what they did, I knew what they were all about, I knew them on a uh, personal level, it'd be very hard for me to describe or introduce that person to you. And Christ is the same way. You know, unless you know him, unless you know his spirit, unless his word abides in you and you and you understand his commands, unless you understand the way of his spirit, unless you have personal, intimate time with God, how can you introduce people to him? How can you share about a God you don't know anything about? Well, you know, sometimes the music might be louder than the host. But you know, this is the deal. We It's not the words that we speak that makes an impact or an influence on people's lives, but it's the fruit that we bear. 
it's the spirit and the anointing of God that, that pours off of a person's life that makes the difference. Words are just words. But, you know, it's like if I play music on the show, if there's no anointing on it, if it doesn't bring you into an encounter with the living God, it's just music. It's not necessarily an experience or an encounter with God. If I come to you preaching and teaching and there's no influence or there's no presence on it and it doesn't bring you into an encounter or an intimate relationship with God, it's just a bunch of words. And so it doesn't matter the volume. It doesn't matter the volume of the music or the volume of the preaching. What matters is the value of it. What matters is what what's what's being imparted. What's being impressed? What's being what's being the inspiration behind the words? And the reason we're doing this, whether it's Sean or myself or a guest or whoever might be sharing on the show, the reason we're doing this is to impart life, to impart encouragement, to give you motivation for your assignment, to give you motivation to go forward in the things of God. The Bible says, be still and know that I am God. And they that know their God will be strong and do great exploits. Now listen, if you don't know him, and you're not full of him, see, there's plenty of people that are full of it. But there's not very many people that are full of him. And you'll find that out in the religious community, in the religious world, even in church. There's tons of people that are full of it. Hey, God bless you, brother. I know you're not complaining. I just, uh, I'm just putting that out there. Uh, we love you, man, all the way to Australia, brother. And uh, we're praying for you, and you're a blessing, and we're, we're blessed to have you in our chat room, and we want you to continue to come back. Uh, just pray for our technical uh, difficulties, and I'm sure God will work out the details. Uh, I don't know why that happened. So you're you're a good brother, Brother Reno, and we're praying for you, all right? You're always welcome here. You've got a strong spirit and a, and a good knowledge of the word. Keep putting that out there. Keep putting that word in that chat room so it'll bless the people that are in there. And God bless you, poet. God bless you, serious that are in there, too. We're blessed to have all of y'all in the chat room tonight. But what I'm saying is this. If you know him, there's a strength and a value in your life that you're not going to have if you don't know him. And if you know him, then the Holy Spirit will be able to do the things of God through your life. And that's why we're doing this, because we want to know him. We want to know him better. And the Holy Spirit will add value to your life. And if you're raised up in the things of God and you're raised up in the things of the kingdom as a leader... Your job is to bring value, add value to other people, to help them see their value in the kingdom, to help them see that they matter to God. You know, people matter to God. They really do. Not just holy people, not just religious people, not just church-going people. All people, no matter where they're at, no matter what they're going through, no matter where they've been, no matter who they are, all people matter to God they really do and the reason we're in the earth 
as his children, we're, we're called to be ambassadors. We're called to be a representative of Christ in the earth. That's why we say, God, make us Christ-like. Make us more like you. The word Christian means to be like Christ. To bear the fruit of Christ. To bear the same spirit. To bear the same message. To carry the same message. And what is that message? Turn to God. Without God, you can do nothing. But through Christ, you can do all things. Because he strengthens you. And that brings me back to they that know their God will be strong and do great exploits. There's a strength that comes out of being filled with the Spirit. There's a strength that comes out of being filled with the life and the words of God. Jesus said, look, you don't live by bread alone. And we know physically if you don't eat, you get weak. Unless, of course, God calls you to a fast, and he strengthens you supernaturally. But if you don't partake of Christ, the bread of life, if you don't partake of the word of God, your spiritual food, you'll grow weak and you'll grow weary. Things will get dry and dusty. And the the savor of life, the joy out of life, the peace, and the things in your life will just begin to drain from you, and you won't be able to find pleasure in anything. If you can't find pleasure in God, you you will not find pleasure in anything. I think that's the enemy's biggest tactic is to get us to a place where we don't find pleasure in God anymore, then all of a sudden nothing really appeals to us. Nothing pleases us anymore. Sometimes I think the Lord allows that to happen just to cause us to be desperate for him again just to get a, a hunger for him again. I know in my own life, and I believe even in my family, my wife's life, we've seen that happen in many different circumstances and situations where just the things of life just don't seem to satisfy anymore. But the presence of God does. And there'll come times in your life where the enemy will try to discourage you or deter you or distract you from being in God's presence, from hearing God's voice and and getting your motivation and getting your encouragement from God. Because he knows if he can do that, he's got you. But you know, this is the thing. God's good. He's a good God. And he wants to be apprehended in your life. See, the devil wants you to lay hold of him and his plan for your life. But God, he's got a future. He's got a plan. He's got an assignment. He's got a motive for your life, too. And it's like a it's like a race. It's like a tug-of-war. And you're in the middle of it. You get the enemy on one side pulling at you, pulling at your flesh, trying to pull you away from the things of God. And you've got the Father trying to pull you to himself. The Bible says this, that you have the power, you have the freedom, 
You have the will to choose who you're going to serve. You're either going to serve God or you're going to serve the enemy. No man can serve two masters. And every day you're faced with that choice. Every day you get up and breathe, you're faced with that choice. Am I going to do my will, my plan, my deal today? Or am I going to do God's will, God's plan, God's deal today? Am I going to let people and the enemy and my own motives direct my steps? Or am I going to yield myself and commit myself to God and do things the Bible way and allow God to direct my path? Am I going to trust in the Lord with all my heart? Or am I going to lean on my own understanding? Are you going to lean on God's word? Or are you going to lean on man's opinion and your own word? And I'm telling you, the outcome and the, and the things that you experience in your life weigh heavily upon what you choose. Now, some things are already set in stone. Some things God sovereignly ordains for your life, and there's nothing you can do to change it, period. But then there's other things that through prayer and obedience, through faith and patience, you can inherit the promises of God. And so let's press into them. We're going to break for some worship, and um, we'll just see what happens. So praise God. We'll be right back. Yeah, thank you, Brother Reno. I just saw your Matthew uh, 624 in there. I just got back into the chat room. Praise God. We're going to go into some worship real quick, and then we'll be right back. Oh, and hey, God bless you, Marvin and Deborah in Garland, Texas. We're praying for you. You're a blessing to us, and we want to be a blessing to you. We look forward to that day.
majesty worship his majesty unto Jesus be all glory power and Tonight, Lord Jesus, we set aside the balance of this evening to focus upon your kingship and your lordship. Yes, Lord, we acknowledge you as the sacrifice, the great sacrificial lamb. We thank you, Lord God, for the blood that you shed for us. We thank you, O oh Lord God, for the great mercies and blessings that you, that you showered upon our lives. But tonight, Lord, we want to see you not as a lamb, but we want to worship you as that lion of Judah, the king above all kings. Thank you. Thank you for your presence. We bow before you. We acknowledge you. We honor you as king of kings and lord of lords.
All right, well, praise God. We're back. You know, it's all about worshiping His majesty. Worshiping in the beauty of His holiness. Focusing our time and attention, our thoughts, on the one that matters most, and that's Jesus. Just want to take a moment to just acknowledge everybody in the chat room. Thank you. Bottom line fighter, Brother Reno, Sister Wendy, Poet. I know we had Minister Grock in there earlier. A couple guests. You know, when we have people that, that are faithful to the show and praying for us and just faithful to, to give us a few hours of their night, you know, it means a lot to us. Just want to let you know we're praying for you. We do appreciate it. I know I was talking to Minister Grock earlier. He's been praying for my wife and I, our family, just the transition things that we're going through right now. Um, it means a lot to us to know that people are praying. And so we just want to encourage everyone to let you know that we're praying for you as well. And so, you know, it's how we build the kingdom. The Bible says that we're living stones. We are. We're we're the living stones. We're the ones that are fit together to form a habitation of his spirit. We're the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not the building, it's not the church building, it's not the the place. But God dwells in temples of flesh. He dwells in the hearts of men. He dwells in the hearts of women. He dwells inside of his sons and his daughters. He says, when two or more gather together in my name, I'm there in the midst. Now, is that not to say that when you're praying by yourself, is he there? Yes, of course he is. But there's something special that happens when there's a corporate unity or a corporate anointing. Psalm 133 is a psalm about unity. I just want to read it very quickly. Just to give you an idea of God's perspective on unity. Jesus said, a house divided against itself can't stand. And that goes for a marriage, that goes for a family, that goes for a church, that goes for a business, that goes for any place that God's people are together. There's got to be a unity. There's got to be a oneness. There's got to be an understanding. Everyone has to be on the same page. And if you're not, do your best to get there because... God commands a blessing. Listen to Psalm 133, and I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. There's only three of them. It says, blessed. Sorry, that was the other psalm. I was looking across the page. It says, behold how good and pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious ointment. Some say precious oil upon the head that ran down upon the beard, even Aaron's beard, that went down to the skirts of his garments, as the dew of Hermon, and as the dew that descended upon the mountains of Zion, for there the Lord commanded the blessing, even life, forevermore. God likens this unity to anointing oil. He likens this unity to the dew. That's on the mountains of Jerusalem. 
he likens this unity to the place where God commands the blessing. And if you want God's blessing in your life, get together with believers you can get in unity with. If you're married, get in unity with your spouse. If you've got children or parents, get in unity with them. If you're at work, get in unity with the people at your work. Get everybody on the same page. Because, see, God commands a blessing. Do you remember when they were building a tower to Babel? And the Lord had to confuse their languages and and kind of knock them down off their high horse. He made a statement. He said, look, those people can accomplish anything they want to. Why? They were in unity. They had one language. They had one purpose. They had one focus. And there's something that happens when we get into unity and we get on the same page. Good or bad, there's a lot of people out there with wrong motives and and bad intent. If they get in unity, they can carry out that bad intent. But what could a group of believers do? What could a group of Christians or a group of sons and daughters of God do if they could get the same voice, the same page, the same mindset, the same motives, the same cause, the same assignment, if they shared the same vision? which, of course, would have to come from God. But what could they accomplish together? And so I want to encourage you. Psalm 133 says, get in unity. Don't tear each other apart. Don't divide. Now, that's not to say let's make excuses for those that are against God and against the things of God, but we need to just come together. If somebody falls, we need to be spiritual and restore such a one. If somebody's got an issue, we need to pray for them that they get healed. If you've got an offense or a problem in your heart, then make it right so that God can come into the midst of it. A house divided against itself can't stand. A church divided against itself can't stand. A business divided against itself cannot stand. A marriage can't stand unless there's a unity, unity, unity. Can't stress it enough. Oh, God's good. Well, Father, tonight I pray for your people, Lord. I pray for your love to just penetrate and saturate the lives and the minds and the hearts of your people. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you'd help your people get in unity. Father, you would erase the dividing wall, the dividing line. That, Lord, you would cause such a oneness. Even as Jesus prayed to the Father that the church would be one, that there would be a oneness. A common cause, a common good. Father, we pray for that to come to pass. We pray for that, Lord. Father, we give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for what you're doing. We give you praise, Lord. We give you all the glory and all the honor. 
We just ask this in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' name, amen.
into the deep. Come into the deep. I hear the Father calling us to come into the deep. There's birthing. He's birthing identity in you. He's birthing you into a new place. Come into the deep. Deeper, deeper. 